Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 56 of the Let's Talk Sports podcast. I'm your host, Carl Miller. We talk all things sports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get, uh, I want to talk about that Odell contract that I had mentioned the other day. Uh, it was breaking news that Odell had signed a five-year, $95 million contract with 65 guaranteed. Now, granted, I do believe that Odell does deserve this contract. You look at the numbers that Odell Beckham has in just his young career. He has 313 receptions, 4,424 receiving yards. He gets, on average, 14.1 yards per reception. And he also has 38 receiving touchdowns. Now, I do believe that Odell could possibly be the best receiver of all time when it comes time for his career to come to an end. Now, I don't think that Odell should have deserved that big of a contract. I don't think that Odell should have passed should have passed on some of these other guys. And what I mean by that is I'm going to throw in Antonio Brown's name. I don't think Odell should have gotten a higher contract than what Antonio Brown did. Antonio Brown, I think, deserves to be... Paid the high the 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 highest receiver ever the, with the most money, but Odell certainly has proven that he can. He he most certainly has proven that he deserves the money. I just I don't under I don't think that, and you know sometimes when you give these these athletes these big contracts, a lot of times it tends not to work out for these athletes. You just look at some of the biggest names in professional sports that get these big uh these big contracts. And uh, most of the time, about 95% of the time, some of these contracts don't work out for the players. I do believe though that Odell will be just fine. I honestly think that he will be just fine. I I think this is going to motivate him to you know, really work on his craft. And I and the reason why I and I said this the other day, I don't believe he deserves that. It's just his character issues. He has a lot of issues sometimes on the field and sometimes off the field. I just I just don't think Odell deserved that big of a contract. He deserved a new contract extension. I will agree with that. But I don't think he deserved to get paid higher than some of these other athletes in the NFL. And two of my biggest concerns is the playoff game they had against the Packers. He was down in Miami partying it up with some of these other athletes on the Giants roster. And if I was Odell, I know that I'm the best football player in the game, one of the best uh, receivers in the game. I would still be working on my own craft. I would still be perfecting my skills to say, hey, I'm going to be the best damn receiver there is in the game of football, five, ten years down the road, because I want to show these people that I will be the number one receiver 
at the end of my career. And then that incident with that model about the drug fair, uh, paraphernalia, that to me raised some red flags. I don't care if if you're good if you're good friends with the owner, the GM, the coaching staff. If I saw a report or even this video that was leaked of Odell, and it did seem like it was Odell Beckham in that bed, in that hotel room, I probably would have released that player because you have to hold your athletes to a higher standard than that. And I'm not saying that Odell, you know, he, he I, I feel like Odell is going to make some, some dumb decisions. It, it's, a, it's a part of life for everyone. But I would have gotten rid of him or at least restructured his contract and said, in order for you to get what you want, you have to prove it to us. You, we can't be having these incidents on the field during games, off the field when the season's not happening or when the game's better than most. It, it, it's a crazy thing to see about that. So there was a report that came out yesterday, and, and, and it seemed like the internet was going crazy over this, that Kirk Cousins turned down a $90 million offer from the New York Jets to go play for $84 million with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Now, to be quite honest, I do not... I do not... I, I, I do not see this as a surprising move. I honestly feel like... And, and you look at Kirk Cousins' track record. He was 26-30-1 with his record in Washington as a starting quarterback. Now, granted, a lot of those games... Washington should have won. I think Kirk Cousins could have easily finished his career in Washington at an even 500 record or a little bit better. But Washington has always been known to struggle at times in the later portions of the game when Washington has a lead or if the game's on the line. But honestly, I'm not surprised by this move. To see, you know, the the overall presence to see the overall presence of both teams, obviously Minnesota has the better team by far. I do think that if Kirk was to have gone to Washington, I'm, I'm sorry, to, to the Jets, he most likely would have struggled in that AFC East division, especially going against the Patriots. There's always been uh, Skip Bayless always brings it up that Kirk was one and six against his Dallas Cowboys when he was in a Washington uniform, and granted he was Kirk did struggle against Dallas and and all these all these athletes have a, a have a team they struggle against, but I I don't blame Kirk for taking that turning that offer down. It would have been more money, yes, but I don't blame him because the Jets don't have a team around him. The Jets. Don't have an offense. They don't. I don't really know if they have any good receivers. Their defense is stagnant. The Minnesota Vikings have a top three defense, and they have a receiving core that was ranked number one in all of football by Pro Football Rankings on Bleacher Report. They voted Minnesota's receiving core as number one with Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. I mean. I really hope I really do pray for the best for Kirk in Minnesota. Kirk does have a very tough schedule to start out with. So hopefully 
hopefully the best comes for uh, for Kirk Cousins. There's also been a report that came out this morning that Tom Herman, head football coach of the Texas Longhorns, a former assistant at Ohio State, there was a report that said that Tom Herman was ID'd to have been the one that took Mr. Smith that was a part of this whole investigation allegations against uh, uh, against Courtney Smith that they went to a strip club during a recruiting trip. Now, when I obviously you don't ever want to see your 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 coaches or even your players at at, at these at these sort of um, venues, strip clubs, or anything, because you're representing a program, you're representing a university. Now, do I? Th- I don't know how much of this is true. I'm sure that the NCAA is going to investigate in this. I'm sure Tom Herman is very pissed off about this. I would be too. If if I w- if I found out my name was just being thrown under the bus by Ohio State, I I think this has a little bit more uh fuel to a rivalry that most likely I don't think I will ever see you know come unfold. I don't think I will ever see Ohio State take on Texas. I don't think I will ever see a Big Ten team take on a Big Twelve team in a matchup like that. I do hopefully. I do hope that Tom Herman can just brush us off to the side. I hope this isn't nothing too big that will hurt his reputation. Because really, you look at the Texas Longhorns coaching history, Mac Brown, after Mac Brown left, we've had uh we've had some turbulence with the head coaching staff. Uh, so hopefully that, that just gets brushed off to the side and, and hopefully Tom Herman can just get over it and, and coach Texas to a successful Second straight year of of football. Last year they did finish seven and six, which is which has been better than the last couple of seasons that Texas has played. But hopefully Texas can have a better season than seven and six. We we start out the season this coming Saturday in Maryland at FedEx Field, and and a game we lost fifty one to forty one. So hopefully we can avenge that loss last year when Maryland came to Texas and just it was a shootout game. So hopefully you guys tune in to college football. Some of the games do come on starting tomorrow night. And then we got some Thursday night games, some Friday night games, and all the rest of the games are on Saturday. So make sure you tune in to college football because college football is officially back. Looking at the baseball world, my Atlanta Braves now have a four-and-a-half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies after the Phillies lost 5-4 to four last night to the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals are still eight games out. So I'm, very, I'm feeling very confident about my Atlanta Braves. They did beat the Tampa Bay Rays last night 9-5, to five, ending their eight-game winning streak, which is always good when an opposing team can end another team's winning streak because that in at least is going to be a tight is going to be a tight close race. The Atlanta Braves and I've mentioned this yes a couple of days ago. The Atlanta Braves still have 7 games remaining against the Philadelphia Phillies. So we need to do everything we can to increase that lead in that division and really just hope that Philly loses and I mean the I want the Nationals to lose as well, but it's kind of hard when the Phillies and the Nationals are going at each other's throats right now. But I, I am happy for for the, the Atlanta season. Uh, last year, Atlanta only 
only won 72 games. They're two games better than than what they were last year. So that just tells you that Atlanta is far ahead of schedule. I really do think that Atlanta has a chance to win at least 90 games. If not 90, then a little bit over 90. It's going to be tough. I think September is going to be a rough month, uh, a rough month for, for Atlanta, but I do think that they can get the job done. And I did see something this morning that the magic number, I guess that I it, it was to clinch the division, the, the magic number is 27. That's still a long, long way away, especially when the, the end of August is coming up here in the, in the next day or so. And then you got the whole month of September. So you got about 30, 30 days of how many ever games. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun ride to the end. So make sure you guys tune in to, to baseball and watch my Atlanta Braves win the division. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to episode 56 today. And as always, I'm your host, Carl Mailer, where we talk all things sports.